Welcome to Land on the Range, the pod that tells you what's what about land ownership and building wealth. This is for the entrepreneurs, the legacy makers, and the families creating a path, living their American dream. Subscribe and follow me for speaking engagements. You can book with me in the link in the description of the podcast. Just remember, the one thing they won't build more of is land. Let's connect and stay educated. Well, I am very excited to welcome our special guest for today's episode on Land Loans 101. Thank you, Susan and Jeremy, so much for joining us today from Landline Lending. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Landline lending has some unique differences. Let's just jump right in with some of the questions that our listeners have asked. The first question, of course, is what is the difference between a residential mortgage and a land mortgage? Mortgage is a mortgage, right? Not exactly. Again, we we do have a lot of borrowers that come to us that have all they've ever done is a residential mortgage, and they think it's the same, same exact process where a land mortgage you still have an application, you still have financials, you still have all of those details that have to be submitted to uh, for underwriting to review and approve your loan. But there are some different ratios that we look at from the land side uh, other than just residential. It's Residential is a lot more what I would call cookie cutter. You fit into this ratio, you fit into debt to income, you fit into this ratio, as long as it appraises and, you, and all the ratios are there, it's a golden deal. Whereas the land side, uh, there's a little give and take in some things. Again, there's some different factors that play into it. And it, the process takes longer, number one. Uh, you normally have to have a full appraisal. Uh, underwriting takes a little bit longer. Uh, but uh, just we tell people to be prepared. To, you know, there's some things that are just a little bit different, some different questions and some different things they look at from from a residential standpoint where everybody looks like you have to have a home to live in, uh, from a land side, a lot of people still live on their land and their homes located on land, but a lot of it, it's not. It's another purchase, you know, recreational use or, you know, development use or, you know, or farming use. So just some different aspects that we look at that are a lot different than residential. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like when somebody comes to uh, a realtor and they want to be able to purchase something, they have a tendency to look at land like it's just what? It's just dirt. Why would there be such a different process? And I think you guys are starting to lay out the idea that it, it is very different than just a residential process. Normally in the residential side, you get what you get, you could see it. But is there anything else that you could think of that might make it different or unique about land? How do you start to evaluate dirt? You have an income aspect also from land, whether it's recreational, whether it's development, whether it's farmland, timberland, whatever. Uh, there's a, there's an income for residential. They can also have income from rental property and so forth. But on raw dirt, whether it's recreational, if you just choose to lease it out, there's a lease income there. If you're farming it, you have a you know farming income to look at. You know timberland, cutting trees, uh, harvesting trees, uh, development. You know developing the land, selling off lots, so forth. So there's that aspect that comes into play a lot more than a straight residential. Because when people are borrowing money to buy a house on the residential side, they're looking at from their primary residence. Uh, in their primary residence, they're not looking at, at leasing anything out. So they're just looking at, at straight uh, income numbers that are coming in from, you know, usually from their employment or their businesses or whatever to uh, support those loans. 
Uh, and from the land side, you have that side, then you also get to calculate in the income that the property is actually going to produce. That's what is so unique. People that are coming out of the urban core in the inner cities that are trying to get into the rural areas as we're having this housing shortage and having kind of a culture shock of what that means to live out on land. What are the possibilities with land? They're starting to realize that there's a lot more they can do than it's not just a front yard. It's not just a backyard. It's income producing. Starting to have the mindset of how can I make my land work for me? I never thought about my land working for me. Maybe I can put up a a wind turbine or a solar tower or oil and gas pump is on the land. And and those are factors that make your uh, application so much different with landline lending. So I appreciate so much to really help to clarify that for the listeners. You mentioned just a little bit about the terms for the land loans. What are some of those available terms that people can start to look at and say, oh, um, yeah, I want to go for this? So we have terms up to 30 years, um, adjustable and fixed rates, and we have no prepayment penalties, which a lot of our buyers find very helpful. If, if they're buying a piece of land and they, they plan on owning it for their entire lifetime and probably pass it on to their children and their children, then the 30-year loan makes sense for them because they're going to hold it for a long term. If it's a property where, you know, maybe I only want to plan on owning it five years, 10 years, then maybe it makes more sense to do, a, you know, a five-year rate or a 10-year rate where you're going to get a little cheaper interest rate. You can still use a 20 to 30-year amortization to manage your payments to fit your budget, but you can get a cheaper rate because you know in the front that I'm probably not going to hold this property for my entire life. So that plays into it as well. And as Susan mentioned, there's some other things, some short term, some bridge loans, some balloon payment type things. There, there's just a lot of different things you can look at at each deal. The main thing is just the communication level that we have to have with the borrower, what's your expectations, what's your intentions, because then that will allow us to put together a package that will best fit your needs. Setting expectations is a crucial aspect in all parts of the transaction, especially when you're managing a client who has not purchased land before. And there's a lot of of setting those expectations really up front. What's a good process for that? So we do have a pre-approval process. Buyers will come to us and you don't need a full-blown application for that. We can usually get it back within one business day, which is really helpful. So we can get that back very quickly. Once the contract's finalized, sending that over to us, we'll be able to get out the application to you and we can get started on that process with the, the verifying documentation that's needed. But first steps are usually that pre-approval process. You know, As we know, the market's gotten really hot. A lot of agents will require that before working with a buyer, sellers will require that with any offers. So we can definitely get that going for them pretty quickly. When a realtor is working with the buyer, you know, the, the next first thing, you know, we talk to them is about when they're purchasing property. Uh, one of the questions that I think they could be very, very smart to ask is, you know, do you think this will be a cash purchase or do you think you're looking at financing? Because if, you know, there's different factors. If you're looking at cash, then, you know, and it's what we are in this market now is very strong. Uh, but if you are looking at financing, you know, have you have you talked to a lender? And then it goes into the pre-approval process, like Susan mentioned. It, it gets them a step ahead of the game where they've got a pre-approval. They can present it with an offer, and they can help facilitate the deal to move along a little bit faster versus just going looking at property. Hey, I love that property. 
well, have you talked to your lender yet? Well, no, I hadn't talked to my lender. Well, do you know kind of what kind of budget you're looking at? Well, no, I haven't talked to my lender, so I don't really know what I can afford. And it just speeds that process up. It makes it so much smoother, and it makes a seller feel a lot more comfortable knowing that they haven't gone through some of the process and, and have an idea of where they're at. And, you know, they're not wasting their time. Managing disappointments and emotions is very critical component to a lot of the work that realtors do so much. And if you don't know what you're what you can afford, you're really walking into uncharted territory. It's really interesting. The other component that you guys offer facility loans and they need help with maybe poultry, fish, dairy, or maybe a feedlot or some packing houses. What does that look like for somebody who's not a beginner, but that they need to expand their practices? We do offer some facility loans, uh, whether it's poultry, like you say, feedlots. They do have a little bit different requirements than the regular loans. A lot of those will only go up to a certain period, maybe 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, especially on poultry. The effective age of houses kind of fits into that category along with what their contracts are with their integrators. It just to make sure that, you know, there's enough, their contract's long enough to sustain the, the life of the loan. So you, you do have those factors that come in on poultry, feedlot, so forth, structures, you know, such as any grain facilities, things like that. Kind of the same deal you're looking at, the effective age of the property. There's how it contributes the value overall to the property, how it's going to be evaluated from the collateral side for your operation. Somebody's young and beginning, uh, there's some other options out there available that would be better than, than what we can provide. Primarily, USDA through Farm Service Agency has some young beginning products out there that, that will definitely help them get in the business. But established growers, uh, really competitive market right now, especially on poultry. Uh, but uh, we do have some options out there that we definitely love to talk to people about. Yes, we'd love to be your source of funding. Um, if you have a property in mind that you, you're trying to get pre-approved for, you can go to our website at www.landlinelending.com. We can definitely help you out with the pre-approval process. We have a couple key loan qualifications. We do require a $100,000 minimum in loan amount and a 15-acre minimum. But we, we'd love to help you. And our phone number is 855-700-7270. So give us a call anytime or go to our website and get in touch. Okay. Just look at all the products that are out there, some things that we have, like you mentioned, the facility loans, land loans, uh, line of credit loans and things. So just go to the website, uh, like Susan mentioned, check out what everything we've got. And we'd love to talk to you and see what we can do for you. We've also got some helpful blogs and articles there and a loan calculator if you want a little bit more information on how to determine buying power. Just different things with land loans that kind of explain why they're different. So uh, take a look at those. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Susan and Jeremy at Landline Lending for being our featured guests. Thank you so much. Thank you. 